1: when we think of the title saint we have a tendency to think in terms of comparison if we compare ourselves with adolf hitler or joseph stalin we think we're not too bad we're a saint and then we turn around and we compare ourselves with mother Teresa and billy graham we come to a conclusion that we're not so much a saint but maybe they are but we're conditioned to kind of think in terms of comparisons when the bible uses the word saint it's never based on a comparison with others according to scripture every true believer in jesus christ is a saint alan
0: redpath once said that the making of a christian is the miracle of the moment the making of a saint the task of a lifetime what is a saint well that's what we're looking at today on study verse by verse in first corinthians let's
1: catch up with pastor leighton shealy for today's broadcast Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Sosthenes, our brother, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, both theirs and ours." Now, when we were together last, we studied about how the Bible describes the church. The church is, the true church is not a building, it's not a location, it's not a religious organization, it is the gathering of believers. And the word is used in Scripture to encompass various scopes. For instance, the word in the Scripture is used to encompass all believers of all the centuries and all of the places on earth, believers both before and after Christ. And yet, elsewhere, that word is used to describe a group of believers that are meeting in a home, a small group that's meeting in a, in, a, in a home. And so, it's used in a multiple of applications, but it always refers to a group of believers who are gathering together to worship. Now, furthermore, it is the church of God, because God is the originator, He is the power within, He is the protector, He is the comforter, and He is the ruler of his church. And if a church is ruled by anyone or anything else, it is not a church of God. It says to those sanctified in Christ Jesus. The Greek word translated sanctified is hagiado, and the word translated saint is hagias, hagiazo and hagias. And these two words come from the same basic root and meaning, which means one set apart or holy one. And the root idea is separation. When Paul calls a Christian Hagios, he means that we have been separated from or we're different from other men because we have been especially called by God into God's service. In the Old Testament, there were several instruments that were used in worship they used knives and they used bowls. And a knife is a knife, and a bowl is a bowl. But the knives and the bowls that were used in Old Testament worship were called holy, sanctified, because they were set apart for a special purpose, specifically for the worship of God. We have been set apart for a special purpose, the worship of God. When God met Moses at the burning bush, God told Moses to take off his shoes, for the ground on which he stood was holy, It was God's declaration and God's presence that made the ground holy. Until God came to meet Moses at that place at that time, it was simply ground. But when God arrived, when he was present, and when he declared it such, it was holy ground. When God is present, it is holy. And when God is present in our lives, then we are holy. Later in this same epistle, Paul writes in chapter 6, "...know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's." So we have been bought with a price. We belong to God. And the Holy Spirit is within us, for we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and God's presence within us makes us holy. So, holiness is received, it's not achieved. Theologians refer to this holiness as positional holiness. Holiness that is positional is not a matter of good works or holy living. Now, that doesn't suggest that Christians shouldn't live holy lives, but living holy lives isn't what makes us holy. You see, we are made holy in Christ, and we have the Holy Spirit giving us guidance and counsel. It is Christ's work, not our own work, that makes us holy. We are called saints by God. As Paul was called an apostle by God... So believers are called saints by God. We're saints by calling. Hebrews 10.10 says, For God's will was for us to be made holy, that is, sanctified, by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ, once for all time. So we are made holy, not by our own decision, not by our own behavior, but rather by Christ's sacrifice on our behalf. But not only are we called saints, and by the way, those words to be are in italic if you've got the King James Version, which means that they're not there in the original. It's not as though it's a future tense. We're not called to some point in the future be saints, but we are called to be saints. And we're, not only are we made saints by God, but we're called to be saints. Those words in italic are not there. And so the Young's literal translation reads, to those sanctified in Christ, Jesus called Saints not called to be saints, but called saints. We are presently called saints. The word saint has come far from its original New Testament meaning. When we think of saints, we oftentimes think of people who lived long ago and who had an exceptional reputation for their testimony for Jesus Christ. They might have been remembered in history books or in stained glass. But saints are not just dead Christians. They're also living Christians. When Paul writes this letter, he writes to the saints that are in Corinth. Well, it doesn't make any sense to write to a dead person, does it? Because they're not going to read it. So it's a reference to living Christians as well. Every true believer is a saint. You may have heard this story. It was story of two brothers who were very wealthy... They were very disrespectful of everyone and everything. They were a menace to the community. One of the brothers passed away. The other brother came, decided to get church for some reason. He came to the pastor and said, I want you, pastor, to come to my brother's funeral, and I want you to say some nice things about my brother. And the pastor said, well, but everybody knows your brother. So the living brother said, well, pastor, if you will declare that my brother was a saint, I will give the church $1 million. The pastor carefully considered it and accepted the offer, and the money was put into escrow. On the day of the funeral, the pastor stood up in front at the appropriate time and declared to everybody there that the past brother was a no-good, wife-beating, womanizing, abusive boss who was constantly cheating the business community, and there wasn't any evidence of salvation and so forth. And then he pointed out at the remaining brother and said, But compared to his brother, he was a saint. (laughs) When we think of the title saint, we have a tendency to think in terms of comparison. If we compare ourselves with Adolf Hitler or Joseph Stalin, we think we're not too bad, we're a saint. And then we turn around and we compare ourselves with Mother Teresa and Billy Graham, we come to a conclusion that we're not so much a saint, but maybe they are. But we're conditioned to kind of think in terms of comparisons. When the Bible uses the word saint, it's never based on a comparison with others. According to scripture, every true believer in Jesus Christ is a saint. J. Vernon McGee in his radio Bible class through the Bible said, all of mankind is divided between the saints and the ain'ts. If you ain't in Christ, then you are an ain't. If you are in Christ, then you are a saint. It all depends on you being in Christ. It's not a matter of degrees of sainthood. You either are a saint or you're not a saint. Now, it all depends on being in Christ, in Christ Jesus. That is a reference to God's work of salvation, which was accomplished in Jesus Christ. Let me give you some illustrations from Scripture that support this. For instance, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 through 19. Now, that's the same writer to the same audience. This is a different letter, a later letter. But Paul writes, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us to the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. So three times there in that passage, you find the words in Christ, through Christ, and in Christ. It's constantly a reference to what God has accomplished in Christ, through Christ's sacrifice on Calvary's cross. Uh, Another place is in verse 21 of the same chapter, chapter 5 of 2 Corinthians. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So we've been made righteous before God in Christ because of what Christ has accomplished. Sometimes it's translated in Him, sometimes it's translated through Him. Such as in the case of Romans chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. But God commendeth His love towards us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. So we're saved from God's wrath... Through him, through what Christ accomplished on Calvary's cross, and our relationship with Jesus Christ, our connection with him. Now, the Corinthian church was far from being saintly in any sense that we would think of the term. Uh, This group of Christians were particularly immoral and worldly, and yet, in his opening words of his letter to them, Paul stresses that every one of them who has truly believed in Jesus Christ was saved. And was a saint. All saints are saved, and all the saved are saints. That means that every believer has a right to call himself a saint. Now none of us feel worthy of the title, but it's not based on us. It's based on what God has declared us to be. He's declared us to be saints. When members of this congregation uh, greet me and say, "Hi, Pastor Layton, I am reminded of the responsibilities that are associated with that title, pastor. And with this understanding of the title saint, it is wholly appropriate for us to greet each other with the word saint.
0: Not only to greet each other with that title saint, but to hold it in just as high regard as Pastor Layton holds his title of pastor. This has been Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Layton Sheely as we focus in on what a saint is, taken from 1 Corinthians in our journey through this amazing book. If you would like to review today's message, learn a bit more about us or Church of the Highlands here in San Bruno, we invite you to visit our website, highlands.us. That's highlands.us. And then come back. And join us tomorrow for another broadcast in 1 Corinthians on study verse by verse. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.